Oh, hello. I didn't see you come in there. Happy Halloween. Are you looking for a story? Well, it just so happens that I have a story for you. The story is called Punch the Maker Killer. Sit down and I'll tell it to you. The maker of all puppets finished his work. His new creations were complete. The maker kissed Judy's forehead. Judy opened her eyes. She looked at Punch. Her heart got bigger. He was the one Judy was made to love. The maker kissed Punch's forehead. Punch opened his eyes. He looked at the maker. The maker was tall and ancient and wise and powerful. Punch's heart shrank. He was the one Punch was desperate to become. The maker reached out his great hands and lifted Punch and Judy up. He opened a hole in the sky and reached through it. He set them down on a grassy field in Puppetland. Goodbye, Judy said. Come back, Punch cried. The maker smiled and winked and shook his head no. He closed the hole in the sky. As they walked home, Punch grew angry that the maker was gone. He kicked a big rock. Ow, Punch cried. Ow, ow, that hurt. Poor Punch, Judy said. Please don't hurt yourself again. In their cottage after lunch, Punch grew angry that he was not the maker. He banged his fist on the table. Ow, Punch cried again. Ow, ow, that hurt. Poor Punch, Judy said. I will make you a great hammer you can swing so you do not hurt yourself again. When Judy finished the great hammer, Punch found that it took all his strength to hold it up. He grew angry that it was so heavy. You have made this so big I can barely lift it, he shouted. He swung it at Judy's head with a mighty crack. Judy's eyes rolled back and she fell asleep. <laughs> Punch cried, now I am happy. Judy woke up in bed. Punch was talking to himself angrily. She decided to get him a sewing kit. She went into Puppet Town and said hello to every puppet she met. Overhead, the sun shone bright. Soon she had everything she needed. Here is a sewing kit, she told Punch when she got home. Now you can be a maker too. Punch took the sewing kit. He cut and sewed the fabric to make a puppet baby. The baby lay on the table and did not move. Kiss it, Judy said. That's what the maker did. Punch kissed the baby on the forehead. The baby did not move. Stupid baby, Punch cried. He threw the baby out the window. Punch was talking to himself angry again. A puppet must be more than fabric and wood, he said. There must be a secret thing inside. Here is a beautiful cake I made for you, Judy said. Any puppet would love to admire this cake all day. Punch took the cake and left the cottage to find any puppet. He met Jacob Starbright on the road. Oh, what a beautiful cake, Jacob said. If you want it, come with me, Punch said. They walked to a lonely place. Jacob admired the cake. Punch cut the thread at Jacob's left shoulder. Jacob's left arm fell off. My arm, Jacob said, but he was still admiring the cake. Punch cut the thread at Jacob's right shoulder and his other arm fell off. My arm, Jacob said again, but he was still admiring the cake. Punch removed Jacob's feet, then his legs, and finally his head. Jacob fell asleep. Punch made a new puppet. He used every bit of Jacob so he did not leave out whatever the secret thing was. Now he had a new puppet. The new puppet did not look very good. Punch kissed the puppet on the forehead. The puppet did not move. Stupid puppet, Punch cried. 
He smashed the wooden head into tiny pieces. Jacob never woke up again. It was late at night. Punch stared at the wall for hours. Judy thought and thought. Let us go see the maker, Judy said. He will know what to do. Yes, Punch said. This is a good idea. This was the first kind thing Punch had ever said to Judy. Her heart was so full of love she thought it might burst. I will bring a great picnic, Judy said. I will bring a great hammer, Punch said. Punch and Judy returned to the field. They cut a hole in the sky and jumped through. Beyond the sky, the maker was seated at his workbench. They climbed onto it and stood before him. Judy unpacked the picnic. I want to make puppets, Punch said. The maker smiled and winked and shook his head no. I want everyone to do what I say, Punch said. The maker winked and shook his head no. I want to be the maker, Punch said. The maker shook his head no. Yes, Punch said, and he swung his great hammer into the maker's nose. The maker dropped to his knees. Tears welled up into his eyes. No, cried Judy, and she felt her heart burst open. Yes, Punch said, and he leapt onto the maker's head. He raised his great hammer all the way back and swung it as hard as he could into the maker's forehead. It was like a kiss, only different. Stop, cried Judy, and she felt her love for Punch spill out of her broken heart. The maker fell asleep and dropped to the floor. Punch grabbed the maker's ear and held on. When they hit the floor, he jumped off and kept swinging his great hammer against the maker's head. The empty space in Judy's heart hurt so much. The maker was dead. Punch danced and laughed. A single silver tear ran down the maker's face. Judy grabbed a thimble and caught the tear. She took it back through the hole in the sky. She went far away from their little cottage. She cried and cried. No one knew how long Punch was gone because the sun did not rise. Punch marched into the Puppet Town Square. He wore a new face made from the maker's skin. Now he was a person of flesh instead of a puppet of fabric. All the puppets stopped and stared. They did not understand. Punch swung his great hammer onto the ground. I am Punch, the maker killer, he shouted. The puppets stepped back in fear. Punch waved his hand, and six new puppets entered the town square. They were also made of flesh, and they were horrible. These are my boys, Punch said. I am the maker now. Some puppets cried. Punch waved his hand, and twenty nutcrackers entered the town square. These are my nutcrackers, Punch said. Obey me, or they will hurt you and kill you. The nutcrackers marched toward the crowd. The puppets ran away in fear, into the dark night. Punch felt his heart grow with pride at all that he had done. Judy sat with a thimble in her lap. She rocked the tear back and forth. Some puppets who ran from the town found her. Oh, Judy, they cried. We are so afraid of Punch. You are right to be afraid. Punch is a very bad puppet. In fact, he is the worst puppet ever. But what can we do, they asked her. Judy thought and thought. She looked into the thimble. The tear sparkled and she saw the maker looking back at her. We hide, Judy said. We hide and we hope. We hide and we hope, and one day the sun will rise again. They all held hands. They tried to hope. The long night of Puppetland began.
you are in puppet land. You are in your puppet beds, and uh, each one of you, I want each one of you to describe briefly what uh, kind of puppet you are and what your bed is like, what your room is like. Can you do that? Yeah, sure. I can go first if you'd like. Okay, go ahead. Uh, My puppet's name is Orson Toothy Grin. He is a shadow puppet um, with a lot of jagged and pronounced features and a face like uh, vaguely reminiscent of an Oni mask. Um, His room is very dark. Um, Actually, not probably not lit at all now that I think about one of my cannots. And there are just there's a bed in the center and his walls are lined with nothing but ornate tapestries. And that's me. Cool. Who's next? I'm next. My I'm Jack Double Tongue, and my puppet is a hand puppet who is pretty much all felt with, you know, plastic hands and a head that looks like I'm like a fopper and dandy. And my bed is a plain bed. No frills. Nothing special. Just a bed. Okay. And uh, our last puppet. I'm sorry. Can I change one detail? Yeah. Uh, my bed is just a, like a board. A slightly elevated board. Our last puppet. And the last puppet is Billy Hungry Tongue. He is a marionette who has the head of a dark horse and the hooves of a dark horse. And he wears a red blouse tucked into some red trousers and a white collar with a frill. And he has big red teeth. And he carries around a big stick. And he smokes a pipe. Okay. His bed is a bale of hay with a sheet and a quilt over it with a fluffy feather pillow. From their beds in Puppetland are three hero puppets... Each year, a desperate cry for help. Help me! Help me! I'm all tangled up! Help me! Help me! Well, I wonder whatever that could be. But I suppose I should go take a look. What is that noise out there? I shall investigate this ruckus. Our puppet heroes, Orson, Billy, and Jack, upon getting outside, find a sorry scene. Farmer Red Hat, a hand puppet, is sitting in his wagon in the town square, riding fast in circles. His horse... Nestor Hayseed, a marionette, is racing as quick as he can round and round the square. Entrapped in one of the wagon wheels, spinning in circles and half-covered in mud, is little Henrietta Penny, a finger-puppet milkmaid, shrieking for help. Whoa there, Help me, horse. help me, I'm stuck in the wagon! Horse, will you please slow down? There is someone stuck in your wagon wheel. As Billy Hungrytongue <laughs> implores the horse to stop. He notices something about Nestor, Henrietta, and Farmer Red Hat. They are all missing their left eye. Or, they are all missing. All three of them are missing an eye. Farmer Red Hat is left eye, Nestor is right, and Henrietta her right. Each has a dangling bright red thread emerging from the cloth where their eyes used to be. No wonder they're all tangled up and confused. Hmm. Whoa there, everybody. Now, what. What is what? Where have your eyes gone? And why can't you stop? <laughs> the wet, as the puppets, as the puppets wonder what's going on, the wagon crashes into the fountain, dragging Henrietta into the water, 
and her voice and her voice is lost as it as it as her head is held under the water as the pup as the wagon goes round around and around the fountain one half of the wheels stuck inside help me puppets help me fear not i will take care of this matter as i use as i nimbly pluck henrietta from the wheel jack tumbleton declares that he will save henrietta from the wheel but how will he do it i'll use a a leaping dive of course swoop snatch and flap onto the other end that horse it will be none the wiser for she, of, of course, is still attached to the wheel, I presume. Jack makes a leap to try to save Henrietta. Unfortunately, he gets tangled up in the wheel himself and is spun around and around and around and then flung out the other side like yesterday's shoes. Blast! That is enough of this. I'll knock the cart with a mighty blow and a kick. <laughs> Billy goes to kick the cart, but as he does, he no- miss he he doesn't notice the pool of water there in front of the fountain, and he slips and does a somersault and lands on his head. <laughs> you buffoon! Allow me to take care of this matter as a true swordsman can. I will use my sword to slice away the wagon, freeing it from the horse itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Jack's Jack's sword, although quick and deadly, gets stuck in the wagon, and Jack is propelled as if by a spring over the top of the wagon into the fountain himself. Yeah! Enough of your foolish antics. The horse has done the damage, so it will undo it. I will force it to do so with fear by taking on a frightening visage. Listen, Toothy Grin made a terrible face, but the horse, being a horse, got very frightened and um, pulled itself off the fountain and went crashing into a um, <clears throat> through the the market with fruit flying everywhere. Henrietta cried. Work together, puppets. It's the only way to stop this wagon. Ah, uh, thank you for the distraction, horse. And now I can just batter the horse's brains in with my club. <laughs> and I will attack its sides with my blade. That is not working <laughs> together, you fools. We must formulate a plan. It is working together. Battering so and slicing, club. battering and slicing. Yes, nature's natural combo. A little slice here, a little blunt there. And the day will be thoroughly <laughs> saved. And you scared it. Fine, then I've done my part. Yes. Have at it. Slicey, slicey. Bashy, well, the bashy. Tongue Brothers had quite a plan. And together, they made sure the horse was missing more than an eye that day. With Nestor, with Nestor Hasty reduced to nothing more than a pile of thread, the day was saved. And Henrietta and Farmer Red Hat were able to, to finally relax. Oh, thank you so much, puppets, Henrietta said. She took her two hands and began tying her dangling crimson eye thread into a pretty bow. Explain your haft vision. Oh, it was terrible. 
We ran afoul of a troop of nutcrackers marching through town after morning bell, and they ripped out our eyes. How dreadful! This town, our town. Ah, uh, yes, this town, our town. Have they it's gone? Too bad. I'm sorry. What did you say? Have they gone? I don't believe yes. they have any guns. <laughs> um, farm, Farmer Red Hat looks sad. Tonight's the Puppet Town dance, and we were all really excited to attend. And then Farmer Red Hat looks meaningfully at Henrietta. I'm just worried that with our lack of a second eye, we're going to be clumsy and terrible dancers. Not if you dance together. Together you still have the eyes of one. (coughs) No, I think there's nothing to be done. I think we'll have to skip the dance unless we get our second eyes back. That's extremely defeatist of you. Farmer Red Hat (laughs) went to get down from the wagon, but his eye string got caught in the remains of Nestor, and he tumbled over and began hanging awkwardly from the wagon, his arms and legs kicking like a man possessed. Where might we find your other eyes? Please help Farmer Red Hat. I don't think his little puppet throat can work hanging there like that. Oh, the fool. And Henrietta went to go help Farmer Red Hat, but she tripped over her own foot, and she too was hanging from the wagon somehow. Oh, what a scene. Shall we just simply leave them here? I can't see this turning out any way better than this. Well, hardly can they. We turn our back on them for a moment, and back in the wagon they go. Poor Henrietta and Farmer Red Hat were turning blue. They are clearly oh. beyond helping themselves. We will solve their problems one at a time, and I'm with British the blade. now. Shing. With not the blade? Cut them down. <laughs> oh, ah. no, that is their ah. eyes. Do not oh. cut them. Cut them with, down. A quick, Detangle with a quick them. slash with a quick slash of his sword, um Jack Double Tongue cut down Henrietta and Farmer Red Hat. Oh thank you, Jack, said Henrietta. Would you be able to help me and Farmer Redhead get her eyes back? And poor Nestor, I don't know what's to be done about him. I wanted him to go to the dance too, but now he's a pile of scraps. Will he be alright? I c- hope so. He could have we'll just have stopped. We'll have to try to bend him later. Solved us all this trouble. Maybe so. Fear not. We will retrieve your vision. It means your eye. That's great news. You still have not told us where. The Nutcrackers were headed out of town. I would walk by the Lake of Milk and Cookies and head straight out of town, and you might find them then in one of the caves just outside Punch's Town, Puppet Town. We should be on our way then. All right then, The dance draws near. Ah, to begin a journey with my comrades. Did you just call me a comrade? I did. I do not appreciate your wordplay. A clever new term I had just invented for comely lads such as yourselves. See, it has layers. Multiple layers. Unlike myself, and I will be gone from you. Pardon? Just then, the puppets encountered a... a Foppity Fredworth, another puppet who lived in Puppet Town. 
Foppity was a little bit smaller than Farmer Red Hat, but he was very proud of his beautiful black mustache and his slicked back black hair. My, what a lovely mustache you have. Why, thank you, puppets. Good day. Good day to you, sir. Yes, good day. On our way. Are you all going to the dance tonight? Yes, but first we're looking Are you inviting for us? A couple of missing Of hours. course, everyone is invited to the dance. I'm sorry, what are you saying, Billy Hungry Tongue? We are looking for missing eyes of uh, the farmer and his friend. Oh no, you aren't looking to go after the nutcrackers, are you? We are! We've oh, some my... nuts to crack of our own. Oh my goodness, I certainly hope they don't crush your knees in their terrible clacking jaws. Oh, I'd hope not. We've for then you might dance. never dance again. I don't have knees. Not a problem for me. Oh, perhaps I should come with you and help you. Yes, you might make a good distant friend along the way. You and your mustache will only weigh us down. No, no. No, friend. He is a comely friend. I am not your friend. He is a delightful, wonderful friend who would help us along in our journey. And what lovely knees he has. So be it. Fodder for the wolves. Fobberty didn't tell them. But he desperately wanted to dance with Henrietta at the dance tonight, and he would do anything to help her. So, so floppity. How do you feel about Henrietta? <laughs> straight, to, straight to shoot her, aren't you? Would you like to dance with her at the dance tonight? She's half blind. I hope to dance with a lot of the puppets at the dance tonight. I have been practicing my dancing. May oh. I see? But I am ter- Oh, of course, Foppity says. We do not have time a, for your childish jigs. No, we, we must be onward, Foppity. We've got time to spare. Dance time delightful to spare. The dance draws near. Look at the sun. Thou, oh, there is no sun. It's always night, you fool. You buffoon. The, the skies are dim always since the maker died. This baboon sees only shadows. Perhaps that is why I still am able to tell the turn of day day is but a construct we are all but constructs <laughs> ah now you're catching on now forbidden your dance Fine, fine i will press onward without you press, as orson toothy grin smashed through the wilderness Fopperty did a beautiful dance and then as his dance concluded he said but i'm sh- i sure hope the nutcrackers don't get to us then none of us will ever dance again i've seen what they do with their terrible jaws well, we should yes, have you're right, fool ones. I don't want my stuffing spilled out over the rocks. Now, it sounds dreadful. Now, you have a weapon, do you not, Floppity? And your good charm in dancing? Well, I have this, Floppity says. And he pulls out a beautiful red lollipop. Beggars can't be choosers. On we go, then. Hey, Shadow Boy, wait up. You would do well to learn manners, double tongue. You would do well to learn some fun yourself. I am plenty fun, as you will see at the dance that I am eager to get back to. Hmm. Questionable. You wouldn't even indulge Fobbity's dance. Orson Toothigrin thinks back to all the previous dances he's been to and all the wonderful times he's had at the dance. A single tear rolls down his cheek. And then... The puppets, our heroes, come to a camp in the wilderness. It's a 
It's a squadron of nutcrackers, their jaws clacking emptily. And in front of them is a giant cave. The nutcrackers gather nervously around the cave, afraid to see what might be inside. But with the nutcrackers is something even is something even worse. The terrible puppet Spite. Well, friends, Spite perhaps we is, are outmatched. Spite is one of Punch's boys. Ah, what makes him so terrible? He's the largest of the boys, a bully with a loud voice, a face permanently contorted in anger and jealousy. He wanders the streets and the roads and rips an arm off any puppet who he feels is trying to look better than he does. Spite has painted his face to look more normal, but only succeeds in looking more abnormal. That is Punch's right fist. Foppity trembles. Oh, I don't want Spite to rip off my arms. Then we go around them. They look to look they have eyes. Spare eyes, that is. The eye. We will return them their normal eyes. Spite. As the puppets get closer, they notice Spite is juggling for his nutcracker friends. He is juggling three red buttons. So it must be done. Oh. Spite will eat us. Yes, he will. Oh. I told you you would weigh us down. Maybe some of us. Well, maybe. Maybe we'll eat him first. I just want to eat delicious lollipops. No, you need that lollipop for killing. Foppity paused, for he could not hear one puppet talk when two puppets were talking. Foppity? Yes? Don't you want those eyes? I do want to dance with Henrietta tonight. Oh. Well, we need to get those eyes then, don't we? In order to do that, we need to confront them or steal them. What do you think, eh, Foppity? I think you're the quickest puppet I know, Jack Doubletongue. Mm, I bet I you couldn't. I bet you could go get those pop those buttons before Spite even saw you getting them. I bet I could snatch, do a flip in the air, snatch them all out of his juggle and land before. Those, I bet you could before those dumb crackers were any otherwise. Watch as I handle his feet with ease. Puppety watched expectantly for Jack Doubletongue to go and snatch the buttons from Spite. And away <laughs> I go. What do you? What will you do? What will you do, Jack Doubletongue? Foppity thought. Simple. I will cause a distraction by tossing this large rock over Perhaps the distance. I can be of service to your plan. Oh, that works too. I will be the distraction. I will make them believe that a horrible beast approaches from within their own dwellings. Like in the cave. Oh, yes. thinking. And then I will flip through the air. And Billy will do something. And I'll come in with a mighty truth to distract them. Good one. <laughs> I I do not understand. I'm what not might sure you say I'm, to them? Why don't we uh, workshop this, perhaps? Yes, maybe we should. Uh, no, I think you should follow his truth in his heart. No, See I think we wants. should perhaps maybe workshop this truth that will be so shattering it will distract him. Mm, perhaps. Just test it real quick. Or I could give him a kick. Uh, that makes even better, probably. Yes, the harshest of truths. <laughs> the harshest. You're a kick truth. to the backside. 
A rousing kick to the backside. How about you, Foppity? Do you plan to lend us your stash? I think Foppity trembles and trembles and trembles. Oh, don't you want to I'd love Henry? to help, but I'm very frightened. I'm not sure any of us should be doing this. <laughs> then what do we do? Leave and go home? Perhaps we could just find another button for Henrietta. No, and not no. worry so much about Farmer Dan. Perhaps we then give you one of her, yours. But give I want her to one of yours. I will correct my speech. But I want to dance with Henrietta at the ball tonight. You can do it with one eye. No, I can't do it with one eye. Didn't you see Henrietta and Farmer da- Farmer Red Hat? I didn't see you there. Were you creeping on them? Sometimes From behind I watch the bushes. Henrietta go about her day. I'm starting to think it's best that you don't dance with Henrietta. (laughs) Foppity laughed and laughed. Oh, Orson Toothygrin, you don't know what's best for Henrietta. Maybe I do. Maybe I will dance with Henrietta. Foppity's eyes narrows. I will be the one returning with eyes after all, not with my mustache tucked between my legs. No, I will return with the eyes. And Foppity jumped down and charged. Oh, the fool. He's going to get his arms torn off. The plan. Oh, well. Well, maybe it's going to leap into action. The, a, two nutcrackers converged on Foppity, and they begin to gnash his poor puppet body. First one arm popped off, then another. A confused look appeared on Foppity's face as he tried to grab the buttons with no arms. Well, that's as good a distraction as any. And with a mighty leap, I will join the fray. And so will my terrible pet from behind. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I will cast a shadow on their cave wall that looks like an animal behind them. And they will be frightened by it, hopefully. A terrible, a terrible, frightening rabbit appeared on the wall behind the nutcrackers. With terrified clacks, they left. They let Foppity go limp. Now deprived of arms and legs, Foppity stared helplessly at the nutcrackers as they stomped away from the thing. Spite, still juggling the buttons, laughs. Silly nutcrackers. Why don't you look to where the shadows come from? I love to punch his castle to get on these delicious buttons for his dinner. And he lurched away as the Nutcrackers spread out into the woods, heading towards our hero puppets. That spite is not the one I'm familiar with. I'm used to him yelling loudly all the time. Perhaps, perhaps Spite was just trying to modulate his volume in order to be considered for the other inhabitants of his home. <laughs> That doesn't sound like something that Spite would do. Maybe Spite will fix it in post. <laughs> I didn't know Spite was an audio engineer. Good for him. Who do you talk to, Orson? For Foppity's eyes roll around all. and around in his head. I uh, wonder how much time is left in this tale. I wonder if we can take Foppity's eyes. You think they'd be good enough? Foppity is not beyond repair. But quickly. Spite comes this way. Back to the shadows I go. 
Oh, and into the light I go. Spite! Who is this little puppet that challenges me? You deal with Jack Doubletongue, finest swordsman in puppet land, and my army of hundreds. I don't see any army of hundreds. Oh, perhaps you're not looking well enough. Listen to the rustling. Look to the shadows. They are all around us. Spite looks this way and that, and he listens expectantly for the sound of a puppet army. My hard kicks shall shake these trees. With a crash, the trees shook, and the branches bent. Billy Hungry Tongue was using his terrible was, was using his beautiful horse feet to drop acorns here and there. Confused, Spite looked all around. Now see here, Spite said. No, you call you off your see, army. Spite. See the army encroaching on you. Spite looked expectantly to t- see an army encroaching on him, but he could not see anyone. How about you, Spite? For I am just one of many. Surely my army, upon hearing my command, will make some sort of movement. His plan is foolish. I am one, not many. But of course, Spite cannot fight what he cannot see as they distract him. I will simply sidle up and snatch the eyes for mine own. Ah, one of them I've heard just now. The mightiest one I know. Or the, let's say more the tenth mightiest. Is that is was Billy Hungry Tongue approaching, or was it Orson Toothy Grin, or was Billy Hungry Tongue approaching from the front? Well, Orson Toothy Grin made a sneaky grab for the Henrietta and Farmer Red Hat's missing buttons. It is very important that I don't reveal myself, despite Orson Toothy Grin approached, turning sideways so as to render himself completely invisible. Now, Spite, large to the boys, might have been clever enough to notice him, but Billy Hungry Tongue and Jack Double Tongue, the Tongue Boys, the the two boys' tongue, stood and squared off against Spite, distracting him. Just long enough for Orson Toothigrin to stealthily grab the missing buttons. Yes, I've got them. It is up to them to notice that they're gone. It only took a moment for Spite to notice that they were gone. With a squeal of anger, he charged at um, Jack Doubletongue. Ah, the blustery fool is no match for him, one as nimble as I. All Quickly. grace, no style. Jack Doubletongue scampered through the woods, and Billy Hungry Tongue. I shall leap in chase. God. <laughs> <laughs> See that they don't get into too much trouble. I'd hate Heroically, to Billy Hungry Tongue was trying to make sure his friend, Jack Double Tongue, didn't get any stray arms ripped off by the mean old spite. Where are those nutcrackers, by the way? The nutcrackers, just as Billy just as the word left Billy Hungry Tongue's mouth. He noticed a squadron of nutcrackers lined up in front of the lake of milk and cookies. Here, Orson Toothigrin had been forced to hide behind a tree as there was nowhere else for him to go as Spite charged through the woods behind him, still chasing Jack Doubletongue. Uh, and they uh. all converged there in the clearing. The nutcrackers, Spite, 
Orson, Billy, and Jack. What a party we have here. Are you all ready for the dance? I do not intend to challenge the armies of Punch with you. We'd best find a means of escape, my friends. Escape? Mm, sounds like a coward's lot. Well then, you hold them off and I'll go back for Froppity. Oh, Froppity is fine. No one... Froppity, is that his name? I thought it was Froppity. No, it's Froppity, like a frop. Not like a frop. What is a frop? What's a fop? It's a flop. It's like a... No, a fop is like a fancy boy. Well, a frop is... A what? It's a fribbit. You wouldn't know, you uneducated swine. Uneducated? Brah. You simply can't explain the word you just made up. Did you just call me brah? Little ploppity. No, I said blah. Blah, disgust. At your false egotism. Me, you are the one who challenges the nutcrackers in an open field. Oh. I'll be fine. Great, then I'm going back for Froppity. Froppity! I can't hear you, I'm too far away. It's Froppity! Oh, oh, you nutcrackers are in for it. I'll show him his Froppity. And I'll use his blade. To relinquish nutcrackers of their own arms. Jack made a move towards the nutcrackers. And he got their attention as he wished. Four nutcrackers towards towards Jack. And God! Um, one of the nutcrackers drew their sword and began to duel Jack Doubletongue. Yeah! Ho! Do not worry, Jack, for I'll have your back with my stick and my kick. Feeling a little stiff there, Nutcracker? A little wood in your movements. I hope the Tongue Brothers can come up with enough creative and dramatic varied solutions to deal with the Nutcrackers. Meanwhile, in the woods, Foppity lay armless and legless in the clearing. He frowned and looked very concerned. I am back to repair you, Froppity. It's Foppity. Do you want to get snide with me in your position? It's what I thought. Foppity made a, a, a face that was like a smile, but upside down. <laughs> I will go about reattaching your arms and legs best I can, but I assure you I am no surgeon. The good news is... If you ponder, if you, not that's not the word, if you peer into my hand here, I've got the eyes. There they are. There's the eyes. Perhaps we could just lose Farmer Red Hats. He doesn't need another eye anyway. I don't follow. Well, I do follow, and that's petty. All of a sudden, Floppity began to cry. I just want Henry to dance with me, but now I don't have any arms or legs, and you're going to give Farmer Red Hat back his eyes, and she's never going to want to dance with me when she has a big, strong Farmer Red Hat around, and oh, my mustache looks stupid. Perhaps she will dance with you when she hears your tale of heroism, challenging the right fist of punch. Perhaps you could hold me aloft and dance my torso No, I won't be doing... I will not be doing that. But how else will I dance with her, my beautiful Henrietta? Perhaps she will hold you aloft and twirl your torso like a 
Well, I like something. Floppity looks sad again. Now be I'll still never be able, while I'll I attempt to repair to you. We do not have time to waste on your whining. I'll never be able to provide all the things that a lady puppet needs like this. Would you rather I leave you here, Floppity? I don't care. That was a rhetorical question. It's not up to you. Sit still while I fix you. Floppity sat perfectly still. The dance as calls. Orson, as Orson fixed him. But he secretly wondered if perhaps Orson just leave, should just leave him face down in a mud pile somewhere. Meanwhile, Billy Hungry Tongue and Jack Double Tongue. Tongue one and tongue two. Were engaged in a deadly struggle. What? Nope. They were engaged in a exciting battle with punches, nutcrackers. Watch as I bring these, as I make these goons stab one another. Come at me, you brigands! I can take two of you at once. I will leap out of the way at the final moment. There'll be none the wiser. Uh, Jack Doubletongue dodged one. Um, one nutcracker, and then another. But then, a third caught his puppet head in one of its terrible jaws and began to gnash. Gnash, gnash. Open wide, you hooligan. With a mighty blow of my stick, I'll knock your block off. <clears throat> Billy, with a, with a mighty blow of his stick, smashed the nutcracker in the head, and the nutcracker released... Jack's head from his terrible jaw. Jack, his head now flat as a pancake, took a step back as the nutcrackers, um, as the nutcracker spun around twice and fell over, completely, uh, completely disoriented by Billy's kick. But something terrible was going to happen now, for Spite was approaching big, strong Billy Hungry Tongue. And as he appro- <laughs> I hear you approaching me, Spite. Get ready for my powerful back kick. You know how we horses are known to buck. <laughs> Don't startle me. <laughs> Boo! Spite screamed a terrible puppet scream and charges at Billy Hungry Tongue. You! Bring your friend here and give me back my red buttons, my beautiful red buttons. He said to Billy Hungry Tongue. How about I give you a red butt on... He's gonna... I'll kick you in your butt. Billy Hungry Tongue made a brave attempt to kick Spite in his plump red bottom. But, unfortunately, Spite was a very strong, very special puppet. And although Billy did a good, strong kick... Spite grabbed his little leg and ripped it right off his body. Looks like you don't have a leg to stand on there, (laughs) Billy. Spite's plump bottom jiggled as he picked up Billy and threw him into the woods. Now you, Shadow Puppet, you will give me my red buttons. And he stomped. I do not know to who he speaks, um, for I did not you, join the fray. You, hand puppet, will give me my red buttons, and he stomped toward Jack Doubletongue. I have no red buttons. The red buttons you seek were already taken by one of your nutcracker troops. 
looking to usurp you, become Punch's new right hand. The nutcrackers took my buttons? Search his innards. One of them surely has them. As you can see, I have no pockets to overturn and no buttons to hide as I twirl to show the proof of my truth. Spite took a step back, still limping from where Billy had kicked him in his beautiful red bottom, <laughs> and, he began to, and he began to search the nutcrackers to see if they had red buttons. Make sure you get deep inside them. Crack them open if you need to. One of the nutcrackers squealed as Spite got deep inside of him. Yes, yes. I will take this moment of distraction to make my escape. Jack, uh, Jack began to escape, and then he thought of poor Billy, stuck in the woods with only one leg. With three legs? He is equine? He should be fine enough to make it back to town on his own, but I should check in on him. Now that I've successfully allowed my enemy to defeat itself, let's see what our friend is up to. Oh, Billy! Billy, Billy! Oh, hello there, Jack. I seem to I be brought, missing I come bearing you a present. Uh, your leg. Oh, thank you so much. I, I'll stitch it back on right now. Good, because I have no means to do that sort of business. Plus, the dance is surely starting soon. There we are. Everything's back to normal. <laughs> oh, that was quick. Now, hop on my back. I'm a horse. I can give you a Yes, ride. that's what I've always dreamed of. Yeah! And you are so small and light. Foppity, Orson, Billy, and Jack all arrive back in town at the same time. Uh, Farmer Red Hat and Henrietta had been had gotten themselves tangled up in the windmill and were going around and round. Oh, the buffoons again! <laughs> You two get them down. I need a word with Froppity. Foppity! His name is Foppity. Time wastes. Ah! You buffoons! How have you gotten yourselves up in there? We don't know. We were trying to get back to our house to try to repair Nestor. But we just got lost along the way. Dreadful. I don't have any peripheral vision. Very well. Hmm. A blade slice at this distance, at this speed, would be dangerous. Excitingly dangerous. Hmm. All I need to do. Is time the blades. I will give them a few rotations and then make my strike once I've got the timing down. Come, Billy, I need a stool. Well, here you are. I'll give you a boost. And one and two. Three. No, I was. Those are my slices, Billy. Do not launch me. <laughs> Accidentally, Billy launches Jack Doubletongue into the air, 
as Jack Doubletongue swung his sword around. Yet somehow it all seemed to work out. You imbecile! And with his blade this way and that, he managed to free Farmer Red Hat and Henrietta from the windmill. And they tumbled to the ground. And I'll catch all three of you all. Oof. Oof. Foppity ran his felt tongue over his felt lips. What is it you wanted to ask me about, Orson? My questions have been raised to two. Why did you just make that creepy <coughs> facial gesture? Foppity's mustache quivered expectantly. I don't know what you mean, Orson. Fine, Froppity. You are being given your one chance. I will let you return the buttons, but one misstep, and vengeance will rain on you, for I am watching. Froppity tests out his repaired arms and legs, one step and then another. Then he holds his hand out for Orson to put the buttons in. I expect them both to be returned. Foppity looked over at Farmer Red Hat and Henrietta. Um, laughing with each other on the ground under the windmill. There are two red strings once again tied together somehow. I'll return them both, Foppity says, and he walks over and hands them each a button. Looks like my conniving plan of saving the third wasn't needed. It shall be returned to its rightful bearer. And so, with one page left in the story, we should take a moment to explain how each puppet enjoyed the Puppetland Ball that evening. Jack Double Tongue! Always the consummate performer, always the consummate professional. Stood atop the tall center fountain, performing... Feats of magic and wonder the world may see far and wide. Gaze upon the beauty of Jack Doubletongue, brave audience. See this button. Oh, I've got your button. Or do I? Look as it vanishes into thin air. Or it was behind your ear the entire time. No, no, please hold your applause. I do this only for the craft itself. The air was filled with the fluttering of felt hands slapping its other felt hands, like the wings of a thousand butterflies, narrowly avoiding death in a jet turbine engine. Billy Hungry Tongue clopped his hooves gallantly as he sauntered the dance floor, waving his big stick and neighing and whinnying, swishing his tail back and forth, chomping on delicious apples as his blood-red teeth sparkled in the moonlight. And lastly, we turned to Orson Toothygrin, wondering how he would enjoy the Puppetland dance. Yes, of course, I will be attending the dance. But I will not be dancing. I do not dance anymore. Strangely, Orson found his feet tapping and his hips swaying as the band broke into yet another hypnotic puppet polka.
Then, as the Macarena played, Orson couldn't help himself. Foppity <laughs> and Henrietta faced off, putting one hand in front of the other, flipping them around and doing the other things that one does when one does the Macarena. And somewhere in the distance, Spite howled, for he knew that he had been deprived his beautiful red buttons, and he remembered the face of each one of the puppets who had wronged him that day, and swore to get revenge, sooner or later. The end. Read it again, read it again, one more time. So that was Puppet Land. This is the actual Play.Network podcast, episode 52. Um, That's a great game. I love that game. Uh, It's a... the book is Puppet Land. It's by John Scott Tynes. The intro at the beginning was also from the book. Um, all respect and praise to Arc Dream Publishing um, for that wonderful story and this wonderful game. Uh, I urge you to go and buy it. And um, I actually, I want to shout them out in addition the Bits and Mortar pro- Bits and Mortar program, which I uh, I bought the um, physical book at a local game store and. A Arc Dream was kind enough to email me a copy of the PDF. Um, not not through the Bits and Mortar program, but um, because the store wasn't participating. But um, it's a great program, and the whole uh, idea is wonderful because it allowed us all to read that story. We play remotely, um, so I just want to thank you for that. Uh, so our sponsor is Whaling City Web. They do web design and development. Uh, you can check them out at whalingcityweb.com slash podcast. All of our Twitters are on the website, actualplay.network, in the show notes. Uh, if you like the show, please tell a friend or review us on your podcast service of choice. If you have reviewed us, please email me, gm at actualplay.network, and we'll thank you on the air. Gino does title card illustrations for the site, not for this week, but for most weeks. If you dig his art, he also has a long-running webcomic up at pizzapranks.com. If you make music that you want featured on the show, please email me or find it me on Twitter. We reach literally dozens of people each week and I always need fresh, cool music to make us sound cooler. I also have another podcast, the GoldenHR.com podcast. I'd love to hear music for that. Uh, Andrew and I do that together. Most recently, we covered Onibaba. Um, finally, if you want to leave us a voicemail at 508-817-3408, we are equipped to play and discuss it on the air. If not, you can email us at gm at actualplay.network. That would be great. We just want to hear some feedback. So I appreciate that. Happy Halloween, everyone. Talk to you next week.